here we go in five, four, three, two. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Cinema Sidekicks. Good job, sound dude. I had no idea you're going to do that special intro for Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. And it being Friday the 13th, it's only fitting that the horror maestro himself. Hello, Eugene Weaver. <laughs> is on <actual> the show. service. <laughs> is on the show tonight. Um, okay, so uh, welcome, everybody. No tie again this week. Um, his grandpa passed away. So, um, our condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to Ty and his family. Um, but we have Eugene Weaver, uh, from Movie Freaks and Cinema Soft Underbelly stepping in in, uh, Ty's absence. And I'm sure we'll do an excellent job as always. I'll try. Um, so we have to get um, our unofficial sponsors out of the way. Snowcaps, the greatest movie snack food of all time. Eugene, what do we like to say? Remember to get <laughs> capped with snowcaps. And for this episode, we also have an unofficial sponsor, Febreze. For those special moments when the sound eater's cat takes a shit in the middle of the sound recording studio. Febreze! <laughs> I thought there was going to be a, a, a special sponsor for tonight's episode, and that would be uh, the hockey mask, uh, the hockey mask organization, or, or actually the NHL. <laughs> there we go. The NHL for the, all the hockey masks. Yes. Yes. Oh man. Okay. Um, I don't. Okay. I guess we'll start kind of the the way. Actually, since it's Friday the thirteenth, we will talk some horror stuff, but we'll do our regular. I'm so ashamed movie here, and then we'll go from there. But I also want to make sure that at some point during the show, we take at least a good 20 to 30 minutes to talk about one of my favorite horror movies from last year, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, <laughs> and Eugene signs off. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yep, no problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have to dive into that. No, I, I'll save you from that. Um so we'll go on. Like I said, we'll just kind of um, go at this episode and see what happens. But we'll start with our latest I'm So Ashamed, Thief from 1981. Uh, the tagline reads, tonight his take-home pay is $410,000 tax-free. You want to put down contract scores all over the country? Working directly for me? I am self-employed. Geisty Lice. Just diamonds or cash. Fine. I'll make you a millionaire in four months. I wear $150 slacks. I wear silk shirts. I wear $800 suits. I wear a gold watch. I wear a perfect D flawless three carat ring. I'm a thief. So there we go from 1981, Thief, uh, written and directed by Michael Mann, stars James Caan, uh, Tuesday Weld, Jim Belushi, Willie Nelson, and Dennis Farnia, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, becoming closer to his dream of leading a normal life, a professional safecracker agrees to do a job for the Mafia who have other plans for him. Now, you said you have seen this, but it's been a long time ago, correct? 
Uh, I have. I saw this on VHS back when I worked at the Video Connection uh, in uh, Millersburg, Ohio. I do remember t- uh, I, I got free movies there, and so that was one of them that I borrowed. But I literally – I remember almost nothing about the movie. Uh, I, I think that I liked it, but it's been so long. It, nothing about it really grabbed me, so I probably didn't like it that much. But it was – I remember not hating it. And if mm-hmm. I – movies that I've seen that long ago, I do remember if I – hated them or loved them and I am neither on that so I'm guessing that it fell into the that was an okay watch an okay watch yeah um my thoughts were kind of I definitely give the movie a thumbs up um so yeah basically like the like the setups uh was there James Conn's character he basically wants to kind of settle down and start having a normal life but then agrees to work for the mob for doing this different um uh, heist and stuff, and he should know better. If anyone should know better, not to get mixed up with the mob, it would be James Caan. And um, the movie is in the movie. He plays a real true badass, though. Like he's one of the guys who wants it his way, and he's not going to back down, no matter what. Especially if he feels like he's wronged. Um, now, I'd say the first two thirds of the movie are pretty deliberately paced. Like it's. It's fairly slow. It opens up with a heist, but then there's not anything else as far as a heist goes until the very end of the movie. So much of the movie just deals with him trying to put together his ideal life. He finds a lady and then he tries to uh, to adopt a kid. So it's just him trying to put together his life and then eventually working with his team to go do this final heist. But then at the very end, the action does pick up and it does have a lot of... Um, fun stuff that happens at the end. Um, I don't know if the rewatchability is going to be extremely high because it is kind of slow for, I'd say two thirds of the movie, but I, I definitely give it a big thumbs up. It was, it was very enjoyable, but I don't know if it's one that I would go back and revisit often just because it is fairly slow for, I'd say two thirds of the movie, but, but it's a, it's a quality movie. Definitely give it a thumbs up though. Cool. So yeah, I, I wish I could chime in, but I literally I, I don't I don't remember the movie. So it's, yeah. And we'll talk some more heist movies later on. We're going to do our top ten heist movies uh, once we get further down, or top five, top ten heist movies as we uh, later on in the show. But yeah, definitely a thumbs up. Glad I watched it. Um, and again, we'll see your Ty's thoughts whenever he's back on the show again. Um, so now we're down to the last two I'm So Ashamed movies. We're down to Miller's Crossing and The Howling. Now, last time I let uh, Eric pick the next I'm So Ashamed movie, and he picked Thief. So now we're down to Miller's Crossing and The Howling. So I figured, since you're on the show, we'll let you decide which one of these two movies that we'll watch for the next episode. Miller's Crossing oh, well. or The Howling. And Miller's Crossing is the uh, Coen Brothers, Coen correct? Brothers, yep. Okay. And you know, it's funny. I watched that movie as well, and that was back at the Video Connection VHS days. I haven't seen it since then. However, <laughs> I have watched The Howling more times than I can count, and I have it on VHS, on DVD, on Blu-ray, and it is going to be The Howling for you yes. guys, for sure. And I, we were, uh, me and the son dinner had lunch or dinner before the show, and I was like, I can, I'll bet you anything, Eugene picks the Howling between those of two. Course. And of, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> uh, so and, we will and, watch the Howling for the next episode. And I will say this about the Howling: uh, I, I, 
I grew up with The Howling just like I did American Werewolf in London. They were both made right around the same time, and uh, they were both groundbreaking in their werewolf transformation scenes. The tones of the movie, they're both kind of horror comedies, but they're very much a different tone uh, as far as the comic beats. Howling is more of a almost more of a comic book type feel to it with uh, Joe Dante as the director versus uh, versus an American Werewolf in, Werewolf in London with uh, John Landis, which is more like tongue in cheek type humor. Mm. Uh, but The Howling is uh, it is one of my favorite horror movies. I'm not sure if it made, I don't think it made my top 100, but it is, it is a great movie. I'll be very surprised if you guys don't like it because it is fun. It's fast paced. It's gory. And uh, it, I think it hits, it does hit every single requirement on your horror oh, nice. checklist. Nice. Steve. Yeah. And I think that Steve, I think that, uh, that Ty will enjoy it as well. So it's not so. too much, too hardcore. No, Ty it's not. won't I mean, be scared off. No, it's it's especially because it is very much of its time. In fact, I think that the Howling is a little bit more dated than American Werewolf in London, but that's part of its charm is because mm-hmm. it very much feels like an early '80s horror movie with tons of practical effects, and uh, it's it's just really really cool, and it uh, it really goes for it, and it's it's got some funny parts in it, and it's great. I think you're going to really like it. Yeah, because we watched the American Werewolf up in London at your place when yes. we were all up there, and you have the Howling as well. So I don't know, maybe I'll I don't know if I'll get up there before the next time or not, but maybe watch that one at your place. I don't know, but That'd either way, oh, yeah. either way, we'll get that one watched for the next time. Um, now, is it on? Well, here's my question: Is it on Amazon or Netflix or anything like that? Uh, no, no. Oh, or at least a stream. Um, I don't believe so. Okay. No, I'm looking. I, I'm on IMDb right now, and it's on disc, so it's either a DVD or Blu-ray. So mm. I, I mean, I, I'm, I imagine you could probably rent it off of right. Voodoo, yeah, uh, or one of the, or even Amazon. Like, if you could probably rent the movie. Well, actually, I, I don't know if you can because it's saying here on Amazon that it's only available on disc. I mean, Scream Factory released it on uh, on Blu-ray, and it looks just fantastic so yeah. yeah if i can get you guys up here to watch it, uh, it you know my schedule is very wonky with with my hours at the theater but uh it'd be nice if i could get you guys up here to watch it on the big screen with you know high def transfer and all that good stuff yeah because one of my worries is always if you watch it on netflix or amazon and because you had told me hellraiser 2 or something on netflix is edited way down so not to it watch it yes. so i'm always a little leery like especially if i watch a horror movie online it's like uh, am i gonna get the full effect or is it gonna be yeah. watered down yeah. so that's the thing with that yeah. boy i'm i'll tell you what uh there is yeah it's even on voodoo it's not on voodoo uh, so your only way to watch that movie is uh disc-based uh, hmm. so. <laughs> we might have painted ourselves into a corner yes on the- <laughs> that's right yeah so. uh, we'll see if we can find that anywhere um okay, okay well uh okay before we go on i will just quickly touch on captain america civil war because i watched it today so i gotta talk about it um i give it a thumbs up i thought it was better than the avengers 2 and it's basically avengers 3 I think more or less. Um, I don't think I don't know if it would make my top five Marvel comic book universe movies of all time, but I definitely give it a thumbs up. I do like the new Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, so I did enjoy the new Spider-Man. And the but but the movie is long. I mean, it's like two hours and forty some minutes, so it is definitely a long movie. 
But um, when they finally have the big climax, even though it's not the very end of the movie, but when they finally have all the Avengers facing off, that's just – you just sit there and be like, wow, that is really awesome because you have all the different Avengers fighting each other. So, yeah, I mean it's definitely a big thumbs up. It's definitely enjoyable and all that. Um, so, yeah, that's you about issue, it. Like, was there any issues you had with it other than the, other than the runtime? No, I mean that's basically it. I mean I will say like the, the, the movie – I wouldn't say there's not a, a point to it or anything, but it seems like the movie was really just the 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 main climax of the movie was just the Avengers fighting, and okay. then there's something after that like okay let's go stop the bad guy real quick, and that happens. But it's like the whole build up is just there just to see the Avengers fight each other, and for that I mean it's fantastic. It it really is, and they bring in a few different Avengers and here and there that. You probably know where we're coming, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun, though. Did yeah. you stay through the end credits? Because I believe that there's a scene after the credits. Yeah, there's two. There's one after the the short credits, and then there's one after the the full credits when everything gets done rolling. So I stayed for both of them. Yeah. And the the crowd, it seemed like you, I'm guessing that uh, you had an okay crowd. Of you'd have made mention of the fact that you had a bad crowd. So you had a good crowd. I had a good crowd. Well, I went. I went today on a Friday at at twelve. I had the day off, so I went up, and I'd say there was. There was probably less than twenty people in the XD screen, XD oh, theater. Oh, nice! So, big, so, big theater. So there was no one close to me. So yeah, theater going experience was excellent on the big XD screen. Two D, which was even better. So oh, nice! That's so, great. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, definitely a thumbs up. I, I mean, I don't really have any gripes about it. It was a, uh, yeah, it was, it was everything I expected and was hoping for. So are you a, are you a big uh, Marvel fan? Uh, I mean, because I. I really like superhero movies, but I, I don't know. Maybe I've, I'm starting to get – I'm starting to have seen too many of them. But it's like I am not as excited about this movie as um, as some of the other summer movies. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. But it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen so much from Marvel and it's like I, I, I'm looking forward to some other stuff a little bit more. Is, are you at all fatigued with superhero movies right now? Or yeah, you know? yeah, a little bit. Like I didn't. Even, I'm like this is the second weekend was open. You know, I didn't go the first weekend, which a lot of times I will. So again, I mean, there's n- absolutely nothing new here, other than yeah. the fact that they're fighting each other. I mean, that's yeah. literally what you're paying to see. Other than that, there's nothing new. There's yeah. nothing new that happens other than yeah. the whole movie is just set up and it, and it does it nice. It builds up all the movies where they finally face off, but that's the whole build up. That's what you pay to see. And, and that's basically all that happens. So they build up, they fight and then, Oh yeah, bad guy roll credits. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's yeah. what I was expecting. And I'll, I'll see that. That's one of those where like I have to time it out perfectly with my wife. Cause she really wants to see it. And when you ta- when you factor in previews, Staying through the end credits, yeah. babysitter. All of a sudden, the movie costs a hundred dollars, and so it's like, is Captain America worth a hundred dollars to me? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where so, it were something like a little bit different, like Doctor Strange coming up might be something that you be, yes. might be more interested. Which is still a comic book, but at least it's a little bit different character. Again, everyone in this movie, other than one character you've seen before, so got it. All right, yeah, cool. Okay, well, I'm tired of talking. So, what do you want to talk about? Like I said, let's just we'll just kind of wing this, see where we go, okay. see where we end up. So, anything you want to talk about, or do you want to jump into Hammer Horror, or what do you want to do? Well, uh, 
first of all, I am curious because it is Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, have you? How many of the Friday the Thirteenth movies have you seen? I've seen. I mean, it's been a while, but I've seen probably how many? How many total are there? I got to ask that. Well, in the Paramount years, there's eight of them. It, you know, one through the, the eighth one is Jason Takes Manhattan, and then after that, New Line uh, took over, and they did Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X. And Freddy versus well, then it was Freddy versus Jason, and then it was rebooted by New Line uh, with the the whatever the the latest one from 2011, I think, or I, no, no, I think it was even longer than that. But um, so yeah, that's I mean, it's one through eight are the Paramount years, which are kind of the golden age of Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan was '89, I believe. I mean, they cranked these out every year. There was a new Friday mm-hmm. the Thirteenth movie in the '80s. Um, I've seen, I, I know I've seen most of them, but like, cause I remember I went through pretty much and watched, watched most of, yeah, most of them, but it's been a, a while since I, like, I've seen the original one probably the most recently, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen pretty much most of them, you know, Jason, the one where he goes in space, Jason X, yeah. um, for some reason, Jason goes to Manhattan for some reason, I don't really remember watching that one for some one reason or another, but that's, that is to me, uh, I believe that is the absolute worst of all of the Friday the 13th movies. That one and Jason X are my least favorite of the mm-hmm. entire franchise, especially take Jason X Manhattan because uh, it, it, was, it almost was like after part six. And part six is one of my favorite ones. That's Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. After part six, uh, the next one after that was called The New Blood, and which was really good. It was basically Carrie versus Jason. So it was like uh, the 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 – Female lead in part seven was had uh, psychic powers and it was a really cool premise and it had all the things that you like about a uh, Friday the 13th movie. But at that point, the uh, the MPAA and the MPAA has butchered all of these movies up until New Line got their hands on. And then the then the ratings board kind of got a little bit more easy on horror movies. But in the 80s, the MPAA was so stringent and cut all of these movies so much. And part seven was probably the most cut one of the bunch, the new blood. And watching it again, I have it on Blu-ray, and watching it again, it is literally a PG-13 rated movie. It's cut that much, and it's unfortunate because it is actually a good movie. But after that, when we get to Jason Takes Manhattan, it was like, it was not only was it cut, but it was it was just crappy. It was like those late 80s, not cool anymore, like very, like that one there, for some reason, Jason Takes Manhattan feels way more dated than almost all the other Friday the 13th movies. And it was like, that was obviously newer than parts one through seven, but it just felt so cheesy and dated and ugh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and man, and Manhattan and that one, Manhattan is actually Vancouver. So there you go. And it very much looks like Vancouver. They're not in New York, <laughs> or at least if they, there might be a couple exterior shots of New York, but it's the back lots of Vancouver, back streets of Vancouver, and it's just bad. I mean, yeah. that's one, that's probably the only Friday the 13th that I can say I genuinely d- not only dislike, but almost hate, uh, especially coming off of some of the other classic ones that are so good. Yeah. So. I, I need to go through and watch them all again. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think I've watched them all, but I need to go through and make sure and just rewatch because it's been so long other than the original that I've actually watched those. So mm-hmm. I need to go through because I've always been a fan of Jason more than Freddy, I think. Um, I, yeah, me too. So I just need to go through and watch them all again because it's been a long time since I've just kind of sat and just watched a handful of those movies. So What's cool about the Friday the 13th uh, is that almost all of them are 
streaming usually on either Amazon or Netflix. They pop up on on either one of those quite often. So they're pretty readily available. And especially if you go in order, it's really cool to see the styles and the fashions change. Like you are literally watching um, uh, like from 1980 to 1989 and you each one changes a little bit more and a little bit more as far as the fads and the styles and and once we hit part five, uh, it very much went from classic early 80s slasher to more cheesy uh, with the hair metal and the leather pants and stuff like that. It, it very much goes more, which is odd because it's like it's the later in the 80s you got, the more cheesy they got versus the earlier ones that are just their I, I I almost want to say they're timeless classics, especially the first two. The first two are just. In fact, after we're done recording tonight, I'm gonna to probably watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Mm. That's 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 Potato Sack Head Jason. That's where he wears a potato sack on his head instead of a hockey mask that he gets in uh, Part Three. I need to watch some one of those tonight as well. Just see if I can find one somewhere and, and watch one of those tonight. Uh, okay, and now let's um, let's. You want to talk about Dracula, Prince of Darkness? Yes. Or, yeah. Or um, Hatchet for the Honeymoon. Which way do you want to go? Do you want to go Hammer or do you want to go Giallo here? Let's let, maybe start with uh, Giallo and then talk a little bit about the Prince of Darkness. And then maybe from there I can just chime in, if you want, chime in a little bit yeah. about uh, some of my Hammer movies that I really like. And uh, hopefully some listeners might get a kick out of. Because I watched Hatchet for the Honeymoon. Because I heard you and Eric talk about it before. On movie freaks, and you, I'm sure you've probably talked about Cinema Soft Underbelly yes. at, at some point in time. But this was on Amazon, so I actually watched this just last night. Uh, Mario Bava from 1970. Now here on IMDb it says Blood Brides, so I guess it goes by two names. But uh, yeah. a bridal design shop owner kills various young brides to be in an attempt to uh, unlock a repressed childhood trauma that's causing him to commit murder. Um, so I'll let you start. I mean, you go, and then I'll chime in after that. Uh, well, um, it's not my favorite Mario Bava movie, but it is a very good movie. Uh, very good. I, I, there's not one Mario Bava movie that I have watched that I don't like, and I maybe some of it is because he is to me the godfather of of uh, of horror. I, I consider him to be. There has been other horror movies, that, that the Universal classic monster movies, but for me, uh, Mario Bava and Hammer films. That is where horror movies start with me uh, is that. And Mar- especially Mario Bava, he brought in Italian horror cinema, which is probably my favorite uh, My favorite type of horror movie is the Italian horror movie. And this one here is a really good giallo movie. It's not my favorite, but I like the fact that it's... Uh, this one here isn't really that gory or anything. I, If I remember correctly, this could be almost PG rated, but I love the twists and turns in it. I think that though I've only watched it one time, but uh, it holds up very, very well for a movie that was made back in 1970. Um, I, it's one of those movies where it's kind of a little bit hard to talk about without spoiling it because I remember that there is a pretty big twist towards the end. Correct. Uh, see, I'm thinking like, I, cause I watched it just last night and that was one of the things where I thought it wasn't really much of any kind of twist or anything. So was this, was this the, the lady talking to the guy talking to her husband? Um, I know this was, uh, I, I'm sure it was, um, unless it's yeah. a different version or something. Cause again, I watched it on Amazon, so I don't know if it was a different version or anything, but I thought it was just kind of like, 
I mean, you see at the end kind of the the kid and what who he is and see all that, but yeah. Do you remember? That? <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to think of because it's been a little over a year since I've watched it. Uh, but he has a wife, or mm-hmm. did he kill his wife or something in the movie, or she's yes. I okay, should we just uh, say spoiler? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, you might have to put in a spoiler right there. Yeah, well, well, he's a spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. But yeah, he's married to Mildred, I think. Yeah, Mildred, I think. Then he ends up killing her, and then he like keeps seeing her uh, pop up because right before she dies or whatever, because she, she's kind of a mean lady to be married yes. to. Yep, that's um, right. And then she's like, because she doesn't want to divorce him or anything like that. Um, and she's like, you'll never be able to get rid of me. So when he yes. finally goes and kills her, she kind of keeps showing up in kind of in his head. And other people can kind of see her too, which that's is kind of right. the, yes. the odd part thing there. But um, but as far as like a big twist or anything, I don't think there was unless okay. unless no, I missed right. it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy it. But it it's not like of all the Italian horrors slash giallos that I've seen, it's not very bloody compared to, to most of them. Yeah. Which yeah. again, unless it was edited down, which I don't know. It was not. No, it wasn't. And, and, and Mario Bava only has a few that I think would be classified as pretty gory. Uh, mm-hmm. Bay of Blood is – the Bay of Blood literally Friday the 13th Part 2 is basically Bay of Blood. Uh, I mean Part 2 from Friday the 13th got – Several kills directly from Bay of Blood, and I would I would imagine that that's probably Mario Bava's most violent movie. Um, but that I, and that's by no means is that my favorite movie from Mario Bava. Uh, so I I would say that that would be Black Sunday. And actually, Bay of Blood is actually also on Amazon, which is like I found like a number of the Italian horror stuff on Amazon, but nothing on Netflix that I've seen. So. Again, I'm going to have to watch Bay of Blood on on Amazon. So Also, check out uh, Kill Baby Kill. That's a really good movie. That's from Mario Bava. That was from 1966. That's kind of a ghost uh, a ghost story. Really good movie. That's that you can watch that one streaming on Amazon. Now, I I did keep track here that Honey Hatch for the Honeymoon was the 8th uh, Italian horror movie that I've seen. Now I don't know what this. Now I I have given all of them a thumbs up. I have kind of like the the anime that I've been watching. I like them all. Uh, for on some level, I like them all and give them all a thumbs up. But I will say that Mario Baba that I've watched two Mario Babas, Black Sunday and Hatchet for the Honeymoon. Th- those would probably be my on on the bottom end of the list. Um, mm-hmm. But I, again, which, I still enjoy them. Which doesn't surprise me. I, yeah. In fact, uh, it's almost because I I think I consider him to have started it and then mm-hmm. it was perfected. By Lucio Fulci and Dario Argento, I think that they and yeah. some other there's some other uh, uh, directors, Umberto Lenzi, uh, that that kind of fine tuned what he started. Like one of the first Jalo movies ever, if not the first, was Blood and Black Lace, which uh, I just actually I just watched that on Blu-ray, and it was from 1964, and it's very dated, but it's it's a you know ten little Indians type of thing. There's there's a group of people, and there's something happens, and one by one they get they get murdered off mm-hmm. by a black gloved killer, and you're trying to figure out who is doing it, and why they're doing it, and it's really stylish and it's good, but it's like watching it, it's like this is probably the first one of that type of movie, but it's by no means is it anywhere near as good as something like Deep Red or yeah. Tenebrae, uh, or even like uh, Don't Torture the, a Duckling. So, 
And actually, I think my favorite one still is Deep Red Argento. I think that's probably mm-hmm. still my favorite, followed very closely by Stage Fright. And then yeah. I have to say, like, City of the Living Dead, Fulce, all, all those that I've seen, big mm-hmm. thumbs up as well. Like, again, all of them that I've seen, I like them on some level. Like, there's none mm-hmm. that I'm like, yeah, didn't like that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to continue because I, I still have to watch Woman in the Lizard Skin. You gave me that DVD. I still haven't got around to it. Such a good movie. So I got to oh, watch so that. Bay of Blood, Kill Baby Kill, wrote that one down. House by the Cemetery. That's the one Fulci that I missed up at uh, when you guys yeah. said Four Nights of Fulci. And still haven't seen Tenebrae. So, Tenebrae so I got to get on that. So good. And uh, Dario Argento's opera from 1987. That's probably, that's probably one of Argento's last truly really good movies. Uh, I would imagine that you would like that. It's a classic Dario Argento. Not quite as good as Tenebrae and Deep Red, but it is mm-hmm. a really, really good movie. Yeah. Um, okay, then let's jump right into the Hammer Horror. The, the first okay. one I watched, Dracula, Prince of Darkness from 1966. Um, again, this one, my first venture now into... Now, you said this was um, uh, British, correct? British yes. horror? Yes. British Hammer Horror. Again, why don't you set up kind of the Hammer Studio Go? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not an expert on Hammer, but I am a complete diehard lover of all things Hammer. Not just Hammer Horror, but Hammer Pictures in general. Uh, Bray Studios uh, over over there across the pond. Uh, a lot of this stuff was filmed close to Pinewood Studios, which is really cool, I think. Uh, a lot of the woods scenes that you see in a lot of the Hammer movies – including Dracula, Prince of Darkness, were filmed right outside of Pinewood Studios. And Pinewood Studios is Bond. I mean, Prometheus, Star Wars. I mean, those are huge movies that are shot in Pinewood Studios. And so it's really cool that uh, a bit of history is there. Uh, The more Hammer movies you watch, the more you notice, and I, I talked to you about this when we watched Dracula, Prince of Darkness, is the more you see uh, sets reused, and props reused and locations reused and in the same woods and uh, costumes. And there's, they were very frugal with how they made their movies. And they, there was back in the heyday, they were raking it in and they were, they were horror movies. And it basically before night of the living dead and exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and um, even the Italian type. Well, I guess it was kind of in conjunction with the, some of the Italian stuff, but, uh, the hammer stuff really kickstarted the the full color pushing the envelope for its time type of violence that you would see back then in cinema starting with 1958's horror of dracula which that was 1958 and it was in full color and it was like this is the first dracula that is in color and has a little bit of gore or a little bit of bloodshed and a little bit of you know a woman's blouse might be done just a little <laughs> bit more than usual yeah. and uh, and and watching it you you can just you can tell they're really pushing the envelope uh, and then as they went through the 60s it seemed like they got more and more pushing the envelope and then after night of the living dead exploded followed by uh, especially followed by the exorcist that was kind of hammer's demise uh, by the uh, early 70s they just couldn't Hammer literally could not keep up with The Exorcist, and that was kind of their downfall, which is unfortunate because they and they really, I I've seen enough Hammer movies that I can tell when they really started to jump the shark and be like, okay, so the audiences want to see visceral like this type of horror, and so they they started doing it as well, but then it just seemed too little, too late. 
Uh, it just seemed a bit gratuitous. And I, I actually, I really like these, some of their later movies, like in the uh, early to mid seventies, but it just seemed like they got a little bit cheesier versus their really classic sixties, sixties uh, horror movies that I think hold up so well as truly classic cinema. And you watched one or you watched my favorite one, Dracula Prince of Darkness is my favorite hammer movie. And it's, it, I don't think it's technically the best made, but it has every single thing that I like about Hammer movies in it. It has Christopher Lee. It has gothic settings. It has one or two really good violent scenes. Music is classic, uh, and it has that cool, abrupt ending. Everything about that movie encapsulates what I love about uh, Hammer pictures and what Hammer was doing back in the day. Yeah, and like I said, my first uh, venture into Hammer Horror, and I did quite enjoy Dracula, Prince of Darkness, because I, you know, I like a lot of old classic cinema, so it really has that feel to it. But you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of you know horror classic movies like that. Yeah. So when you see kind of that style of acting and all that type of stuff, and all of a sudden it's a horror movie, it it is a bit strange and odd, but it, it's a fun venture. And like I, I told you, like. Uh, whenever they're walking around in Dracula's castle and all that, it reminded me of like Resident Evil, like when you played the video games, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of walking around and looking in different rooms and things like that. It had, it, to me, it felt like they were in Resident Evil. And like you said, it does have a couple, uh, particularly that one really kind of gory scene or shocking scene yeah. where the, the sacrifice scene, uh, we'll yeah. just say that, uh, especially for 1966, like you said, it, it's, it's quite gruesome. Um, yeah, but even yet today, awesome. like, every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, that's even now it's, it's just ugh, like, yeah, that, it was pretty hardcore and it still holds up pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely down for, you know, anytime I come up there, watch more hammer stuff, watch more Italian stuff. So I think, that, I think know. especially you, I think that you would really, the more you would see of these movies, I think the more you would probably appreciate them. Cause I do know that you like classic cinema and, uh, it's just cool. The more you watch them and you, like I said, you see sets that are reused and they're yeah. using the same actors over and over. And it's, and the, like even the, the, the plot development and the action beats are very similar, but it's so cool how they do it. In fact, I'm going to just briefly, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I want to just drop my top 10 hammer movies so that they are, on there and so that you can go and uh, hopefully hunt them down or come up to my place, watch them. But uh, here's my top 10 hammer movies. I'm getting, okay. I am ready to start typing in. Okay. Go. <laughs> okay. So number 10 is captain Clegg, also known as night creatures from 1962 directed by Peter Graham Scott. It is a pirate movie with Peter Cushing and it is a great pirate movie. It is fantastic. I love that movie. Number nine is Twins of Evil, 1971, directed by John Hugh. And this is, uh, this is where Hammer was very much starting to go the gory route and uh, very much TNA and dabbling with, um, at the time, it was like, let's get uh, women that, you know, like vampire stuff that's, uh, it's, it's pushing the boundaries for lesbian type stuff. And Twins of Evil very much goes, like, is pushing the boundaries there. It's a fun movie. Uh, number eight is Quatermass and the Pit. And that movie was from 1967. Roy Ward Baker. It's a science fiction movie from Hammer and uh, watching it. The main thing that I think of with that movie is Ridley Scott's Prometheus. Ooh. Yes. Uh, there are very much hints of Prometheus 
and that whole alien universe in Quartermass, Quartermass and the Pit. And it is a great movie. And it's, that one there is a great, I don't want to say a family movie, but it is just a good, relatively clean science fiction movie. It's really, really, that's actually, that was my first uh, Hammer movie that I that I've seen, like, I think some of these movies I may have seen on TV or bits and pieces on TV back years ago when I was a kid, because some of the the Draculas I do recall being on TV, but that's the first one that I I bought on Blu-ray, sight unseen, because I heard that it was a classic movie, and I watched it, and I'm like, this is fantastic. And um, so, and that's actually, that's the movie that really got me, my love affair with all things Hammer was Quartermaster in the Pit. Number seven is The Mummy. That's 1959. That is the Terrence Fisher original Mummy. There was three different Mummy movies from Hammer. Uh, Mummy, The Mummy's Shroud, and I believe Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. This is the first one starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee as The Mummy. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. If you know the story of The Mummy, it's that. uh, And it's done in full color, and it's great. Number six is, this is my favorite of the Frankenstein series. Hammer did a whole bunch of Frankenstein movies and a whole bunch of Dracula movies. And my personal favorite from the Frankenstein series is The Evil of Frankenstein from 1964. Freddie Francis directed it. And the creature in most of, if not, well, actually the creature in all of the Frankenstein movies from Hammer does not look like the universal Frankenstein with the square head, Mm -hmm. except the evil of Frankenstein, because they got, I believe, I'm not sure if Universal had the rights to release that movie, but they they were allowed to make their Frankenstein in evil of Frankenstein look like the classic early that the 20s Frankenstein. And that's partially the reason why I I like that one the best. But it just it has uh, a really cool fantasy element to it, especially towards the end. Uh, with Peter Cushing and the Gothic Castle. It is, it's a great movie. Great movie. Number five is The Devil Rides Out from 1968. Terrence Fisher, who had directed a lot of Hammer movies. And this one here is about a satanic cult. And uh, it features Christopher Lee in one of his very few good guy roles as the uh, professor that's out to thwart the uh, this evil cult and their uh, their whole abduction type thing of his of his uh, buddy and a couple other people it is completely bizarre and that is one that uh, even watching it now i just watched this one uh, last week again and it's it's not necessarily gory but man it's that subject matter is pretty rough especially for 1968 i'm like wow this is like this is satanic stuff <laughs> going on here wow uh, but it is very creepy and good movie number four is the mummy's shroud and this is my personal favorite of the Mummy series. Sorry if I'm going on too long. I'm trying to keep... Well, no, you're good. <laughs> uh, Mummy's Shroud is from 1967, John Gilling. This is the part two of the Mummy series. This is my personal favorite because it has... Like Prince of Darkness, it's not the best of the Hammer movies, but it has everything that I like about it. In fact, Mummy's Shroud is very similar to Prince of Darkness in that it just hits all the beats just right. Fast-paced, the, the creature is cool... Uh, it has everything that you like about Hammer movies. It's in The Mummy Shroud. Number three is The Plague of the Zombies from 1966, another John Gilling movie. And this one is about, obviously, zombies, but they're slave zombies. There is no, <laughs> there is no flesh eating in this movie, but the storyline is so bizarre, and the movie itself is so creepy. And it's the Blu-ray that was released uh, only in the UK is stunning. It looks incredible and a very good, eerie movie. 
Number three, or no, I'm sorry, number two is Horror of Dracula from 1958, the original Hammer Dracula movie, directed by Terrence Fisher. It is iconic and classic, and one thing that I do like about Horror of Dracula better than Dracula Prince of Darkness is the fact that the music in Horror of Dracula, I think, is better than than uh, than it was in Prince of Darkness. <clears throat> but it's it's such a great movie. Uh, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, iconic, iconic movie that really was a game changer in horror movies. And then number one, we've talked about it already, Dracula, Prince of Darkness. I have watched this more than any other Hammer horror movie, and it still holds up to this day. I love it. And one of the main reasons I like the movie is because Christopher Lee does not utter a single word in the movie, which makes him all the more terrifying. Yeah. All right, very good. Now, for those movies... Are those something where it's, you can't even rent them, where you have to have the Blu-ray or the DVD? Um, because that's what I found with a lot of the anime um, that I've been mm-hmm. watching that Eric gave me, because I couldn't yeah. find those anywhere. Is it going to be the same type of situation with the Hammer stuff, do you think? Um, a lot of them, yes. A lot of them have been released on uh, Blu-ray in the UK or Australia. Uh, in other countries, it's just those these movies are not as popular over here. To, to in my opinion, uh, Prince of Darkness was released on Blu-ray and DVD. Actually, I, all of these movies have been released on DVD. Unfortunately, a lot of them are out of print, so they are very hard to find unless you have a region-free Blu-ray player and that you import them. And every single one that I read off to you. I have on Blu-ray. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, uh, and they're all, every last one of them is from, uh, is from the UK. Yeah. Other than Twins of Evil, actually Twins of Evil got a, uh, got a release on Blu-ray here in the States. And that's the version I have of Twins of Evil. Uh, so yeah, these are, are unfortunately are not easy to find. I do have some of them on DVD as well. So you are more than welcome to borrow some of them. Um, but in fact, Night Creatures I have, or Captain Clegg, I have that one. I have, um, oh boy, um, Horror of Dracula and Prince of Darkness. Those are the only ones that I have on DVD as well as Blu-ray. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of them are not as easy to find. Now, there are some other ones. That's just my top ten. There's yeah. a ton of horror, of Hammer horror movies and Hammer movies in general that that have been released in multi-packs. Uh, in fact, there is a there's a whole series of Hammer movies that were going after Alfred Hitchcock type flavor. Like we're talking black and white movies like murder mystery, crime thrillers, uh, heist movie. There's a heist movie in there, a uh, bank heist movie. So I, I, I like their horror movies the most, but they did, they did sword and sandal movies, science fiction, fantasy movies, comedies. It's just their money makers were the uh, horror movies. So, all right, very good. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I am down to watch more of that stuff, more of the time stuff, whenever I get a chance. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm enjoying all that different stuff, just uh, different uh, different movies that I've just never seen. I'm starting to see more and more, but enjoying it. So Good, good. And actually, because of you, I'm watching actually some more older stuff yeah, that yeah. I normally would not have have uh, have watched. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my sweet spot is obviously older horror, but I'm trying to get into more classic movies that, that maybe more thriller or drama, stuff like that. Yeah. From, so, yeah. All right. Well, sound. Sorry, for, so sorry to be so long winded there. <laughs> no, you're that's good stuff. Uh, sound editor, anything to chime in. 
<laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> He's like, this is boring. He's over on his phone texting. Uh, you know, um, this guy is a nerd that <laughs> likes old stuff. Uh, uh, that's how I feel. Anytime I bring up a classic movie, their eyes just glaze over. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go on and do our top heist movies in honor of Thief. Um, you want to do top ten? Yes. Okay, let's do top ten. Now, I put this list together quite quickly, um, but I went through a bunch. I just Googled top heist movies, top thieving movies, this and that, and I feel pretty confident as quickly as I put my list together. I feel fairly confident with it. I'm still trying to figure out my number ten here, which one to go with. Uh, I will actually... That's hilarious because my number ten was – that was probably the hardest one for me to come up with because I have some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list, but – my number 10 is kind of just the oddball of the bunch. Okay, I think – just let me double check here. Okay, I think I got my top 10. And now when you put together your list – because there's actually a lot of movies that could – you could classify as a heist movie. But I wanted to make so it's at least fairly heisty. Like it's one of the main things about the movie. Um, so I mean, anyways. So do you want to start – Okay. I'll let you start with um, your number 10, then I'll do number 10. We'll just go back and forth. Your number okay. 10 heist movie of all my, time. My number, t- my number 10 is Gravy from, from 2015. I have not seen James. that one. <laughs> have you, did you watch that one? I have not. I, well, I, no. I heard you talk about it. It is uh, – it, this is – this is pushing it as far as is that a heist <laughs> movie. But it is about a group of uh, the, these three – "Quote unquote thieves that uh, hold up a Mexican restaurant and and have uh, the cook and a couple of the people held hostage in there uh, for their <laughs> own pleasure." And so I consider this to be, I guess, kind of a heist type movie, uh, but it's a pitch black comedy, gory comedy. That I works. Loved I loved it. My number 10, I went with a small movie from a small director from 2010. I went with Inception because it's, you know, breaking into a guy's mind through dreams to steal secrets. I can't remember what he's trying to steal, but it's a very creative heist movie, and I think it fits enough. And um, uh, I need to watch it again, but um, I've, I've seen it a few times. So I need to watch it. It's been a little while since I watched it, but yeah, very creative, breaking into people's dreams and all that. So I'll go with uh, Inception for my number ten. Okay, my number nine is The Italian Job from two thousand three. Yes, directed by F. Gary Gray with Mark Wahlberg, Edward Norton. Love the movie. It's uh, I haven't watched it in many many years, but I love the Mini Cooper scene at the end and yeah. you know, all that good stuff. That was just a fun movie. Have you ever seen the original one? I have not. Have you? We have. Remember Sound did a rewatch that year, guys' old place. Um, it was kind of like when I watched the original Ocean's Eleven. It was mm. good, but I thought the remake was quite a bit better. And I think the Sound Dooter and Ty feel the same way. If I remember, he's shaking his head. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, I mean the original is fine, but the remake was better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, number nine. Um, I'm going with Reservoir Dogs. Um, now this one again, it doesn't really focus so much on the heist, but kind of the aftermath of of the heist after it kind of goes wrong. But it still qualifies as a heist movie. It's just kind of a different look on it rather than focusing on the heist. What happens when everything doesn't go right? So number nine, Reservoir Dogs. 
Okay. I do think that we're going to have some uh, some similar. I think so. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me is Ronin from 1998. Uh, John Frankenheimer. Have you seen this? I have. Yes. Okay. It's it's a great movie. It still holds up. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember upon release in the theater, that thing bombed. And it is underrated. It is a very well-made, very good movie. My number eight, I'm going with... Now, I've actually only seen this one one time, but from 2008, Jason Statham, The Bank Job. Have you seen this one? Oh, good movie. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I remember I watched this, and I was just like, that's just a really good like heist heist movie. Like, Damn, um, totally It was really that. well done. So yes, one that, that was. One that... I remember I really, really liked, but I don't remember a whole lot about. I need, I just need to watch it again because I haven't seen it since probably 2008 or nine. So, yeah, me too. I watched it one time when it came out on DVD, and that was a good movie. Yeah. Okay, number seven for me, Ocean's Eleven, the original, well, the original newer version with Brad mm-hmm. Pitt and George Clooney. It's, it's great. It still holds up. I well, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's just super cool. Everything about the movie just is cool. Um, my number, what number are we on here? Number seven, I have from 2007. I wonder if you've seen this one. Uh, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. Lookout. Yes, I have. Yes. Uh, again, I've seen, it's been a number of years since I've watched it, but uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays uh a kid who had an accident. Now he works at a, a bank. He kind of cleans the floors and he kind of gets roped into helping them knock over the small bank. And it's just, it's a really good kind of smaller scale bank heist movie. Um, I, I remember I really, really liked it. So yeah. he is a uh, like mentally. Like- what did happen? Um, cause he had an accident. Um, Oh, I think what it, it, um, his memory, I think is messed up. Because uh, I remember he has to like write stuff down, so he kind of remembers to do certain things. If I remember right, it's something with his memory that kind of got yeah. messed up. You what? You forget though. Yeah, I forget though. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Exactly. Uh, okay, so number six for me is, and you already hit on this one, Inception. Christopher Nolan, yes. great movie. I do agree that it is a heist movie because it is breaking into someone's mind, and it is. Uh, it's a great movie, fantastic uh, movie. Was this this was uh, Ty's favorite movie of all time, right? Or it, wait a minute, uh, yeah, Inception. yeah, Inception, right? It's his favorite. Yeah, Inception was his favorite movie of all time. Yes, so there you go. Although I still say he switched it just so I wasn't right. But <laughs> <laughs> um, number six for me, you already hit on it. The Italian Job, the remake. <laughs> um, I remember we watched that in the theater, and my expectations were just blown away just a lot of fun that movie yep agreed uh number number five is fast five i believe that this is the best of the fast and the furious movies this one here shifted the uh yeah this was the one that the part five was the one where they the rocks in it and they they do the whole the the bank heist movie right uh Whichever one that was, I believe that's my so. I, they, honestly, they all just mixed together in my mind after a while. But yeah, I me think too. I think number five, The Rock came in. I think yeah. I can't there remember. There was one anymore. that I, for me, uh, 
they they completely lost me on the one where the runway went on and on and on and on and on and on. I'm like, come on, give me a break. Is that what the I, one where they were dragging the safe behind the car and it was just? No, no, no that's the one that I like. Yeah, that was the one that I liked. That's the one I'm trying to have on this heist list. Is mm. the one where they steal that. But there was one where they're on a runway on this huge bomber plane, whatever, and it's like the longest runway on earth. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. And I yeah, I I actually haven't even watched the latest Fast and Furious movie. I just Eh. Yeah. Man, those things, the law of diminishing return does not apply to the Fast and Furious movies. I tell you, those things just keep making money, more and more money with each one. I know. Man. Um, my number five, one that again, you have already mentioned Oceans 11. I like Oceans 11, 12, and 13, so we can throw them all in in there together. But yeah, those are just a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Okay, number four, Mission Impossible. And I'm going to also say Mission Impossible, I believe it was four. There, mainly because of there's a couple scenes in, well, well, not all the Mission Impossibles, but especially the first one, the dangling down in the yes. uh, computer. That was so great, and it still holds up. And then I, I think, was it part four where they break into the Kremlin? Yes, we need Ty here. Ty knows all this. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I know which one you're talking about. Though I can't remember what number exactly it is, but yeah. So uh, yeah, I love those movies, and, and that might be pushing it as far as heist movies go because it's not. I, I mean, I know I'm probably stretching it to what exactly is a heist movie, but you know, yeah. those moments uh, were really good. Uh, my number four, uh, 2006. Spike Lee's Inside Man. Uh, mm. Fantastic movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but um, I, it, it's fantastic. It's uh, Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Jodie Foster's in there, Christopher Plummer. So it has a really good cast. Willem Dafoe. Julia Tell Ejiofor's in there. Man, yeah, really good cast. Um, I need to watch it again. Kind of more or less basing it off memory, but I do remember I was a big fan of that one, so... And it has a really cool twist ending at the end where, yeah, that's a really cool twist ending. Have you seen that one? Uh, yes. yes. Thumbs it's up, been a thumbs long down? Time. Yes. I, it, I think I liked it. It's been a long time. I, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, but it's, I watched it one time and I don't think I loved it, but I liked it. So. Uh, okay. Now, this one here is really pushing it. <laughs> But it's such a cool movie that I had to include it because it has such a great heist scene in the beginning. Uh, but this one here probably doesn't really count. But I, you know what? It's my list, so I included it. And that is 2004's Dead Birds. This is a horror western movie with a tremendously awesome opening bank heist scene that sets up the stage for the entire rest of the movie. And it was just – it's so tense and so well shot and so – cool uh you need to watch that movie sometime it is genuinely scary now i know we had that on our list to watch up at your place a a couple of times but it got swapped out for something else along the way because i remember we had we were gonna watch that but we just ended up landing on something else but yeah Yeah, because that has michael shannon in it too michael shannon i believe that may have been his first uh first maybe i know that michael shannon was in uh he's in vanilla sky uh, but is I, he? This is, yeah, he's. I mean, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Uh, well, you're going to hear our latest movie <laughs> freaks where we we discuss that. Uh, but um, this was one of his very first movies, 
that he was in. And it's cool. Isaiah Washington is in it. You know who Isaiah mm-hmm. Washington is? Uh, from, um, oh yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. But yeah, anyway, it's a really, really good movie. I really want you to see it sometime. Okay, my number three. And I will say, I think these three are my top three. Um, I feel very confident to say that these are my favorite three. Um, number three from 1956. Uh, I, I think it's a, a director that you like fairly uh, well, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Um, mm-hmm. The Killing. Um, have you seen mm-hmm. this one? I have. I have that on Blu-ray. Th- thoughts on The Killing? Good. I liked that movie. It's, it, I don't think it's as good as uh, uh, some of his other movies, but it was really good. Yeah. I need to watch that one again. I've only seen it one time. I believe that's on Criterion Collection, mm-hmm. uh, and I really liked it. And I, I love the ending. Do you remember the ending at all? I do. Yes, I, I do. love that ending. That's uh, you feel for the guy, but yeah. I, I love the ending. It's fantastic. I think that that's one that, uh, and I'm going to watch that one again. And I have a feeling that that's one that the more I watch, the more I'm going to yeah. like that movie. Yeah. Okay, number two for me is Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs from 1992. It is fantastic. It's. Yeah. If you're listening to a podcast about movies, you've seen Reservoir Dogs more than likely. Yeah. Clint, you've seen Reservoir Dogs, right? He's shaking his head. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't remember. He says he doesn't remember, but he has he watched. Seen it. He watched it, so he's in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number two, and I'm, I'd almost be – well, I think it's a, there's a strong case it's your number one just because – but uh, from 1995, Michael Mann's Heat um, – uh, it has one of the most famous scenes of all time with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro where they sit down at the cafe or whatever and they just have that, I don't know, what is it, like close, probably close to 10-minute conversation where they just talk back and forth and it's the best scene in the whole movie where they just they just sit and talk because I think it was like one of the first times they actually shared a, the screen time together up until yep. that point. Um, and then there's a, a really great shootout scene. Um, it, it's, it's a wonderful movie. Um, so Michael Mann doing another, uh, uh, heist movie. So my number two heat from 1995. Well, my number one movie is <laughs> not that, not, not, uh, heat. But, I, but I will, I will talk about a couple other honorable mentions after I'm done here. Uh, my number one heist movie is Jackie Brown from 1997. Ooh. Black exploitation, Pam Greer, uh, Tarantino. I love that movie, and I actually thank Eric Marner for uh, getting me to rewatch that because uh, I was so pumped for another Reservoir Dogs and or Pulp Fiction when that came out in the theater back in 1997, and I watched it. I'm like, ah, oh, this is boring. I don't like this. And then uh, many, many, many years later, he's like, dude, you gotta check that movie out again, and I did. And I'm like, this is not only is this a great movie, this is one of Tarantino's best movies. So uh, it is um, spoiler alert. Uh, it's not my number one, but it is an audible mention. I'd almost made the top 10. I think because I haven't se- I've only seen it once and it's okay. been, I don't know, probably at least five years. So it's just not as fresh in my mind, but definitely a very good movie. Um, my number one, I'm going, um, with Sid, Sidney Lament. It made my top 100 from 1975 dog day afternoon. Um, Al Pacino, um, again, kind of like reservoir dogs where it's, um, kind of what happened. Although this focuses much more on the actual robbery. Cause I mean, they're, 
you know, in the bank for pretty much the entire movie. But it's kind of like when the robbery doesn't go well and this one <laughs> doesn't go well, doesn't work out to plan um, and just kind of how how you deal with that, how you work through that. So um, I love the movie. I love some old school Al Pacino. Uh, fantastic movie. Have you seen it? Hopefully. I have not oh. seen that. Yeah, I have not seen that movie. It's fantastic. I love it. I know. I, I should. And I, that's one that I really don't have any excuse to because that is a classic movie that is pretty much gets universal praise. Mm. So I, I need to watch that movie. Um, okay. So honorable mentions. Um, I'll list my honorable mentions first okay. here. Um, like I said, Jackie Brown, definitely an honorable mention. The Usual Suspects, um, The Town um, from a few years ago. Bonnie and Clyde, which again, made my top 100, but uh, it's not really like a particularly heist movie i mean yeah yeah you, whatever um out of sight i thought was a really good heist movie yep. um and ronin ronin was actually number 11 on my list so just oh, okay. just about okay yeah my actually my number 11 would have been the usual suspects yeah um and heat here's the thing with heat i've only watched it one time mm-hmm. in the theater and i remember it being the late show and even back then, I was a lot younger. I was able to stay out a lot later. But the movie is pushing three hours, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just so long. And there was a great shootout scene. And there was a great scene with Pacino and De Niro in, a, in the coffee shop, whatever. Yeah. And I just remember so little about the movie. Val Kilmer was good in it. They drove cool Camaros, I remember. And I just, I, but I don't remember loving the movie. But it is one that I really should rewatch because yeah. I'm, I'm sure that I would really like it. So, uh, another one that I thought was really good. I haven't seen this one in a long time. Is the score with Edward Norton and yes. Al, or with Robert uh, De Niro? Yes, that was a good movie. Um, and then also a movie that I watched recently, and I actually reviewed it on our Movie Freaks Facebook page. Is a movie called Intruders. Do you remember that? Review I do not. Intruders from 2015. It's also known as Shut In, and it's um, it's about this woman that suffers from. Uh, agoraphobia and she is uh, in her house and these people break into her house to steal to, to loot the house and uh, she is a bit crazy and things go from bad to worse but I I mean it's more of a kidnapping type thing I guess mm-hmm. so I but it's a very good movie you should check it yeah. out I really like that movie so Okay. Uh, Sounder, uh, top of your head, do you got a favorite heist movie or one or two that uh, tickle your fancy? Um, one that comes to mind just off the top of my head is The Italian Job. Italian Job. Yeah, I still remember we watched that uh, at, in, up at Tinseltown way back when it came out. We watched that in the theaters. Yeah, I don't know if it's my favorite, but that's the one that comes to mind okay. yeah. when I think heist movies. Okay, on to what next? What shall we talk about next? Um, is there anything that you've watched recently that you haven't discussed on Movie Freaks or Soft Underbelly? Anything that's just up in the air that you want to talk about? Sure, yes. Uh, last night we we had a long taping and we covered a lot of ground, but there was still a ton of stuff that we were not able to review. Uh Episode 99, we talked about – we did our own segments that we Skyped or that we cobbled together, and I focused mainly on Harry Potter. Uh, but then in the meantime, I kind of got behind on my reviews for other recently watched, which I tried to catch up on last night, but it's just – it's hard to cover so many movies. So I do have some if, if you want to go through them. Yeah, uh, give me one or two, then I'll do a couple, then yeah. – Okay. 
You know, I rewatched uh, just recently. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. I re- recently rewatched The Conjuring for the third time. Uh, have you you've seen The Conjuring, right? Um, I have to uh, admit that um, I, I have not. <laughs> really, I have not. It's it's been on my to watch list for a long time. I just haven't got around to it for one reason or another. No excuses. I'm actually, I, yeah, I am surprised, James Wan. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I, I will say this: every time I go to watch it, I'm like, "This, oh, I remember. This is scary." And then I watch it, and I'm like, eh, "Insidious, Insidious is definitely scarier." Uh, you have seen Insidious, right? I have. I actually, I think I've seen all three, two, three now, two or three okay. of Insidious ones. Yeah. Okay. So why I have like not seen the Codring? Um. Yeah. I. I yeah, I like them enough, yeah. Okay. Uh, this one here seems a little bit more, I don't, I grounded in reality. It, it's not as fantastical as Insidious is, um, I, but I'm jaded, I think, at this point. It has some really good scary parts, but, like, for me, The Witch was infinitely more oh, terrifying yeah. than The Conjuring was. Yeah. So, uh, but, and, but that's, I think, because The Witch did something new that, that, Truly, I had a sense of dread from frame one to roll credits in that movie. I was uncomfortable. Whereas The Conjuring, I loved the 70s feel of it. uh, And it had some genuinely scary moments in it and some really great acting in the movie. Patrick uh, Wilson was really good in it. And uh, Vera Farmiga was really good in it. It it just, every time I watch it now, I'm like, ah, Sinister and Insidious are better than this. So, but you should check it out sometime. I also have not seen Sinister yet. Now, here's the thing: I've seen mm. Sinister two, but not Sinister one, which really? is completely I backwards. Seen Sinister two, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. the second one, but the first one, that movie was scary. That yeah. one there got me. I was pretty impressed with that one. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, The Witch, still my favorite movie I've seen so far this year. I just, Singer. I yep. mean, that movie, it's it's still stuck in my head. That movie is still me stuck too, in my Steve. head. Um, <laughs> I, I can't shake it. <laughs> yep, it's, uh, it's truly without being overly gory or yeah. overly gory at all. It is something about that movie is so evil. Like I'm just, oh, it's so yeah. unsettling and just they. They got me on that movie. Yeah. Where by the end credits, I'm like, okay, I'm thoroughly creeped out and yeah. uncomfortable and need a shower because I yeah. just feel ugh after watching that. Yeah. So, and just very quickly, because you've talked on your show, I've talked about on this show, but the green room, um, because yes. we haven't talked about it together yet, but yeah, uh, I quite enjoyed that one. Um, bloody fantastic, wonderfully good time. I, I didn't like it as much as Blue Rune, but. Definitely a thumbs up, though. So Yeah. I want to watch both uh, Blue Ruin again, and then I want to watch Green Room. I want to watch those as a double feature because I've only watched Blue Ruin one time, and I, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, but Green Room I definitely liked, uh, but my biggest complaint with Green Room – and I actually talk about this on Movie Freaks. So I won't spend much time on it here, but uh, one thing that I did notice when I watched Green Room was the, uh, the villains in the movie – Actually, everybody mumbles a lot in the movie, and it gets to be where I'm like, "What? What are you saying? Like, I, I, you guys are t- talking strategic plans on how to how to murder these people, but I don't know what you're saying, and you're yeah. what? And they're they're just shadily doing things. It was a little bit hard to follow, but by when I say hard to follow, it's basically about a group of punk rock people that are they're trying to get out of this yeah. this building. The end. That's the storyline. But still, uh, that was my minor complaint was that it was a bit hard to 
follow. And there is that what, one little thing where it's like the one guy ends up being uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm completely losing the word I'm looking for. Um, not backstab, but he's like um, – he has plans to go against the skinhead yes. guy and leave yeah. or something. I can't – what's yeah. the word I'm looking for, for crying out loud? Whatever. But like, yeah, that part, it's just kind of – that little plot twist is just given to you real quick, then it goes away. Not that it really matters at the end of the day because it's just a survival horror movie. But yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I still had a lot of fun with it though. Yeah. I, I did – one thing about that movie though is no one is safe. Yes. And I mean, I mean, literally, and no one is safe. And you get that pretty early on when they actually get stuck in the green room. Is a, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, so that's how this movie's going to be. And then yeah. you just settle in for a violent ride. But it was a good movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. What else? I watched Deadpool again at Movies Ten. Um. I actually dropped my grade on that one. You know, I mean, I love the fact that it's rated R, but. The Deadpool character, he's always on, and as, as as kind of annoying as he was the first time around, it's even more so on the repeat viewing. So I actually I dropped that. my grade a little bit on that one, just because his character is just almost too effectively annoying, I think. Yeah. but I, You know, I think that I'm going to have that same response uh, upon a repeat viewing of that. Yeah. And I really liked it the first time, but I have a feeling that upon repeat viewings, some of those jokes could get stale and he could get maybe a little bit annoying. Yeah. So I still liked the movie, but I've only seen it one time. Um, And then I have three anime movies to talk about. I'll talk about, have you seen either Spriggan, Escaflone or Spirited Away? Spirited Away I did. I thought that was, that's probably my favorite anime. And I am not a big anime guy, Mm -hmm. but I really, really liked Spirited Away. I would say that's probably my favorite uh, anime. Okay. I'll save the other two for next time because I think Ty's going to watch some of those. But since you watched Spirited Away, I I just finished watching Spirited Away. Um, And I I quite enjoyed it as well. It was the last one I finished up from the stack that uh, um, Eric had given me. And um, it's out of all of them, because I've watched 10 of those now, anime movies. And it's not my favorite, but because um, I think my favorite one's still probably Akira. It's probably still my favorite one. But yeah, Spirit Away. And like, one thing I keep coming back to, the one line I always have with the anime so far is, your only limita- limitation is your imagination with these things. Because, I mean, they can I literally know. do anything. And they do do anything, especially Spirit Away. I mean, it's just spirits and go. I mean, just... Just the creativity is just off the charts with these movies, and especially in Spirited Away, it's just, it's just crazy bonkers. And but it's very enjoyable, though. I really enjoy him. So, um, yeah, another thumbs up with Spirited Away. So, cool. I remember I watched that one with my wife, and uh, I I wasn't really well versed in anime at all, and I just remember we both were like, that was really cool and i liked there's a dragon in the end and it's mystical and whatever i thought i I, so i really liked it i have watched other anime movies and i there's i don't think there's any that i've flat out hated but there's just for me my my love is you know what i you know what i love and and like eric he loves kung fu and he loves anime and i am the horror guy i love horror movies and dark fantasy and science fiction that's my that's my spot right there. Yeah. So. Um, I'll do one more here real quick and then see if you have anything else. Um, I watched Mr. Right um, with Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Have you seen this one or know what it's about? No. Where Sam Rockwell is uh, a hitman where he goes, well, well he's kind of a, re- a reverse hitman where 
um, people who contact him to kill people, he actually ends up killing the people who hire him to kill people because he's like a moral hitman. <laughs> so he's huh. like, if so, say we go to hire, go to him to hire him to kill someone, he would kill less because killing is wrong. <laughs> So he's kind of a reverse hitman, um, but then he eventually falls. Uh, he meets Anna Kendrick's character, and it, it's kind of a goofy romance action adventure movie. Um, it has actually a decent amount of blood and kills. Like so, okay. you watch it. There's plenty of blood and kills and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, it's kind of a little bit goofy, though. Like, okay. a fun, playful, kind of goofy, romantic adventure. But um, it's definitely worth your time. If you're just in the mood for something kind of a little bit different. Again, Sam Rockwell is fantastic. And I love Anna, Anna Kendrick. So um, I give it like... Are you, are you a big fan of Sam Rockwell and anything that he does? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Even, even if the movie's not great. Yeah, I mean, Sam Rockwell, he's... I You know, I'm a big fan of his. He's just... I think he's a really good actor and just yeah, basically anything he does, I think he does a good job. So I think so too. I agree. I, I like him. Yeah. So like it's it's a fun movie. It's nothing exceptional, but it's it's a fun um, fun movie. So yeah, cool. if you're ever bored, I mean that's one to go with. So all right. Okay. Anything else for you? Um, there's a couple I can quick touch on here yeah. that uh, I was gonna. Uh, and I actually still might talk about on uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly. But one movie that I watched, I always like to find these old gems. I mean, yeah, sure, The Witch is great. and But it's so rare anymore that a new horror movie comes along and completely blows me away like The Witch did. Very few. Uh, even Green Room, I, well, I really liked it. That's not – I doubt that's going to be my top ten favorite movies of this year. It might be, but it's not like – a. The Witch, I'm going to be watching that umpteenth. I'm going to watch that movie so many times, yeah. whereas Green Room, I probably won't. So it's cool when I find an old school movie that I'm like, oh, I've never seen that. And that was a great movie because uh, at this point, I've watched so many of those 60s and 70s movies that it's hard to find those gems. But um, I did find another one that I am happy to report is very, very good. And it's one that I think that you would really like and it's really creepy and that movie is called dead of night also known as death dream from 1974 directed by bob clark who did porkies and a christmas story and black <laughs> christmas and black christmas from 1974 but in, he also made in 1974 he made this movie called De it's it's really it's called death dream on imdb it's called dead of night but it it's the blu-ray that i have is called death dream i actually the only way to get this movie was importing it from Germany. And I had to see this movie because I had heard so much about it. And uh, so a, I have a buddy of mine that imports movies. And so he actually hooked me up with a copy of it for a reasonable price, saying that it's one of his favorite movies from the 70s. And I am happy to report it is fantastic. It is a great movie. Uh, here is the synopsis. Here's all you need to know. A young man killed in Vietnam, maybe killed in Vietnam, inexplicably returns home as a zombie or does he? and it is so creepy this is one where uh it's well made and it, it, it like the visuals are are great but what makes this movie so unnerving is the music the music is just creepy 70s weirdness and it's so ugh, and it's downbeat and not 
it's like it's not campy really it's just low budget and dreary and it ends and you're like oh man but it, I, I thought it was great I, thought it was, hmm. I gave it four four out of five stars and uh, it's cool that this came from the guy that did a christmas story one of the most wholesome family friendly <laughs> christmas movies ever and then it's this weird horror oddity from 1974 that is just unsettling and bizarro so great movie i think that you would really like that movie it's slow burn horror definitely but uh it's it has that 70s feel that that movies today simply cannot yeah touch. yeah it, it uh, and we talked about that actually last night on our show on Movie Freaks is film versus digital and how it is so much easier to shoot on digital versus the expensive, cumbersome nature of film. But I'll tell you what, you go back and watch some of these older movies and they hold up and they're now classics because of how they look. And I like this movie could be made now and shot on video. And I probably wouldn't like it all that much. In fact, I would probably consider it to be a Netflix cheapie. Like, oh, that's a yeah. cheap thing that from a you know, no-name director, no-name company that dropped on Netflix, another dud. But it, back in the 70s, it has the 70s feel and all about atmosphere, just like those old Hammer movies are, all about atmosphere. The budget on this thing was around $200,000. And it, man, I'm here I am like 41 years later and I'm talking about the movie and I think it's yeah. great. Anyway, if I can track that one down, I added it to my list. So if I, I'll see if I can find it on anywhere. So, okay, good movie. Good um, movie. you have one more. I'll have one more for you, and then I'll be done. Um, I watched uh, another one that I would love for you to watch, and that movie is Dog Soldiers. I have talked <sighs> about that one with you, and I rewatched that one again two nights ago, and. This is Neil Marshall's first feature-length movie. Neil Marshall also did The Descent and Doomsday, and he's done several episodes of Game of Thrones. It is one of the best werewolf movies ever made. It's not American Werewolf in London, but uh, it is right there. And, and just talking about film, this movie was shot on 16mm, and uh, I wish it would have been shot on 35 because it's very grainy and it looks low, bu- low budget, but man, this movie kicks ass. Like it just soldiers. Basically, this is Evil Dead, except with werewolves. It's a group of people in a house in the middle of the woods, fending themselves, fighting off a group of werewolves. And the coolest looking. I think that these are probably the coolest looking werewolves of any werewolf movie I've ever seen, ever. It's um, one that always gets brought up, and or at least a lot. And I've I've never seen it. Need to see it. No excuse. Yeah. Um, Sound Needle looks like he wants to say something. Um, it says here on IMDb that Simon Pegg was offered the part in the film, but turned it down after Edgar Wright asked him to save his first horror role for Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's that's quite interesting. Uh, and he would have done really good in because this is all this is a completely British cast, and it has a British feel to it. Um, and I guarantee you, uh, Clint and Ty would like this movie because this is first and foremost action. Uh, it's not really scary. It's just it's just action like machine guns shooting at these gigantic werewolves in the woods and you can tell they were like here's our budget let's just throw everything at the screen and hopefully it works and it (laughs) did it was just you can just tell they're having fun running around the woods with cameras and it this good movie every time i watch it i'm like this is 
I mean, this was made in, nine, in 2002, and this movie could be released today, and it would have been it would be every bit as awesome as it was back then. It's a great movie. Nice. Yeah, so. I need to watch it. Um, okay, let's end the show on a bad note. I'll finish up. Oh. Finish up with. The boss from this year. Uh, now I'm a, actually a Melissa McCarthy fan. I don't know where you come down on Melissa McCarthy. Uh, she, I mean, what she got to She was in Hangover Three and a bit seen in Hangover Three, right? That's her. Uh, I, actually, I've never seen the Hangover Three, so actually, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, she did the, the, the Heat, um, uh, which I have not seen yet. Uh, Spy is actually really good. I like Spy. Um, I haven't seen that one yet either. But anyways, like I said, I'm a fairly big fan of hers. Uh, Joy, a fair amount of her movies. But this one, although it did have some genuinely funny moments, I'd say a few. um, Overall, it just kind of felt lazy and colored by numbers. And just kind of, unfortunately, a bit of a slog to get through. So I give it a Mm. thumbs down. Um, so not one of her better movies. Um, so that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> was it, was it, uh, did it have funny parts? Like, is it worth even one watch or no? Uh, not, <laughs> uh I mean, I, I would recommend a number of her other movies well ahead of this one. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah like watch, if you haven't seen spy or the heat, I would say watch either one of those two before this easily um now even though she's not the star but bridesmaids i love bridesmaids made my top 100 have you ever seen bridesmaids that i have yes now she was funny in that uh no you like the movie i did yes okay good it was good good yeah i mean she wasn't the star in that but yeah like bridesmaids spy or what's the other one i just said um the heat the heat with her and Sandra Bullock. I, you know, watch those while ahead of the boss. The boss is just, yeah, she, she was funny. In fact, she was probably one of the funniest parts of hangover part three. And yeah. I, I, I watched hangover three twice now. And the first time I watched it in the theater, I'm like, eh. And then the second time I'm like, that wasn't bad, but lower expectations, but her bit in it. And she had a small scene in it. Yeah. It, it was pretty funny. I, I need to watch. I haven't seen part three yet. I need to watch it. So you should, um, well, okay, I think that's pretty much it. Um, anything else anybody else wants to add? I wanted to say Harvey Keitel is 77 today. Happy birthday, Harvey Keitel. How cool is it that Harvey Keitel, who is the original bad lieutenant, is uh, his birthday falls on Friday the 13th. There I think you that's go. That's really cool. Uh, he's, uh, he's one of my favorite actors. I love Harvey Keitel. Another I'm so ashamed. I've never seen the original bad lieutenant. I've Dude. seen the remake with oh, Nick. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh. I've seen the original, but I've never seen, or I've seen the remake, never the original. That's so. it's it's as polar opposite as you can possibly <laughs> get. In fact, I watched the uh, the the remake or whatever you call it. And I did not like it at all, and mm. the original is in my top one hundred. That movie is fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, because I know you guys talked about it a lot, so it's oh, it's yeah. just another one that. I need to watch. So, oh yeah, that's one that uh, you'll watch that once and you'll never forget that one. Yeah. That one there, it earns its NC seventeen rating in spades. Yeah. Um, although, okay, we'll finish up with this. How's your fantasy movie league going? How, how how are you doing? Or have you had any movies released yet? I don't know what all movies you have. America or Captain America? So okay. yeah, I'm. 200 million strong. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I'm 200 million strong. Uh, the sound neuter's off to a little bit of a rocky start. Um, Ratchet and Clank, Clanked. 
Um, yep. What else did you have, Sound Editor? I don't know. He says, I don't know. <laughs> hopefully not Winter or hopefully not the, uh, the Huntsman movie. Who had the Huntsman movie? Ty had the Huntsman. Ooh, Ty also had the boss, which is underperforming, and then Ty also has um, the darkness, which is supposedly making like five million this weekend. So that's good news for everybody else. So yes, um, yeah. that doesn't uh, my, surprise me. That the go ahead. Uh, my other movie was Criminal. Ugh. Mm, that, that was, was uh, <laughs> Kevin Costner's movie. Yeah, that thing bomb. Well, I, yeah. I mean, really nothing at all. Um, yeah. Wasn't that movie on? Like that opened a couple of weeks ago, and it's at the it's at movies theater. ten right now. Yeah, it's at movies yeah. ten now. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, but we all have our bombs. We do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was my seventh and eighth round pick. So <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm most concerned with Ghostbusters. I think it might have a big opening weekend, but if uh, that thing, it's got so much bad buzz, and it, that one there could crash and burn and hurt bad. I still think that it's not going to bomb horribly, horribly, horribly because I think people are going to watch it just out of curiosity, if nothing else. But yeah, but yeah. whether it's going to be uh, hopefully it might actually end up being good. Yeah, I'm worried about Warcraft because I took that ahead of Neighbors, which I'm really starting to kick myself now. Um, so I'm hoping that my roll of the dice there is going to pay off, but I'm I'm a little nervous about that. Yeah, one now. I, it looks good, but boy, that it I. You know what I think of when I see that preview is John Carter. I see that uh, preview and I'm like, oh, that looks like a huge, expensive, potential bomb. Yeah. Uh, but um, Get me I, 80. Get me 80, Warcraft. Get me 80. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, what, do you, what do you think about Star Trek? Where, where do you think Star Trek's going to fall in here? Because thus far, it's like no one's talking about it. The first trailer was kind of meh, yeah. especially with that Beastie Boys song, which was completely out of place in my opinion. And it's like, this is a new Star Trek movie that's coming out in really soon. And yeah. there's only been one teaser trailer and nothing else. Like, this that one, is a it, movie. That one is flying under the radar a little bit right mm-hmm. now. I'm, because I think all the J.J. Abram ones have all capped. I think I want to. I want to say they have all capped or come very, very close. This one, is, I'm getting the feeling like it's not going to. And this is Justin Lin, which he did some of the Fast, Fast and Furious movies. movies. Yeah. So, but it's like you come on, let's see another trailer, and let's not have Beastie Boys on the soundtrack <laughs> on the trailer, yeah. please. Yeah. Do a science fiction action, generic music, whatever. Just don't do Beastie Boys. I'm looking forward to it though because I yeah. love the the remakes that J.J. Abrams did. I love those. Yeah, me too. They're so, so hopefully good. this one's just as good or close to it. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um. Okay, I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. What do you say? Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks, Eugene, for being on uh, the episode once again. I don't know how many times you've been on now, but uh, appreciate oh, it. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us where you can find, or where our listeners, all five of our listeners, can find <laughs> can find uh, you, uh, what shows you're on. Uh, well, I have my own show called Cinema Soft Underbelly, where I talk basically about almost everything that you heard tonight from my blabbing mouth. It's <laughs> all things horror, science fiction, fantasy, grindhousey type things, and you can just look me up on iTunes. I'm there, uh, as well as Facebook, and then, of course, um, my primary show is Movie Freaks with co-host Eric Marner, who actually also uh, appears on this show from time to time. Yep. Uh, but we recorded our 100th episode last night, and uh, that's going to be up probably tomorrow. Uh, and our big thing right now is um, 
for our 100th episode. Eric is making me watch Vanilla Sky, and I'm making him watch <laughs> Eli Ross Cabin Fever, which we both uh, respectively disliked each other's movies upon our one and only watches of them back when they were released in the theater. So on for our 100th episode, we have to each watch those movies and uh, report back, have our opinions changed on those movies. So <clears throat> we're, we're excited to do that on our next episode. But uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook, on iTunes, Feedburn, uh, Stitcher, all that good stuff. All right, very good. And of course, uh, cinemasidekicks.com. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, search iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Feedburner, all, all, all that stuff. Just Cinema Sidekicks, uh, and you'll find us. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Sound Duder for um, not setting up because everything's here, but for somehow magically beaming this on iTunes because I have no idea how to. Um, and until uh, next time, if you remember nothing else, just remember the dude abides. And without movies, life is meaningless <laughs> or something. Get, get to the cinema. <laughs> or I hate your I don't know. Whatever he does. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs>